Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson. And normally on this show, as you well know, I look at a comic in the span of time it takes to have a nice little coffee break. But we're veering off of that today because I have a guest. The one and only Samuel Vera. What's you know up? That? Yeah. Did I say that right? Yes, you said it perfectly. Okay, making sure. We just went over this, and it's like, <laughs> did I do it right or not? Yeah. Now, some of you may know this guy. Why? Because he has had a storied career all throughout pop culture. Because I'm looking at this dude's bio, and he's just not, not just a comics creator, folks. This guy has done the writing. He's done the art. He's done some rapping. <laughs> I mean, come on. This guy is a tour de force. So, I'm just going to let him uh, you know, speak his piece right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is Samuel Vetta. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on here, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, so first things first. Um, and I... And I know we're going to build up to it, but I, I got to just say, man, like reading through your bio, you you got the American story no... right here. Like, this is everything from, uh, you know, gosh, I mean, where do I even begin on this? Growing up in Brooklyn, uh, you know, single mother. I mean, one of four children and a single mother in Brooklyn. I mean, that that's pretty much a drama right there. <laughs> but, the, I mean, not to, like, focus on tragedy or anything, but uh, you pretty much had to step up and more or less raise your family. Is that right? In your teens? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, when uh, my mom passed, when I was, when I was 18 years old. Um, and, uh, so it was now where it was me and my sister and my sister was a teenager with a baby. And, um, so we ha had to, uh, you know, grow up quick. And, uh, so I just got out of high school and I, I got a job and you know, me and my sister, you know, found a place and, um, um, you know, uh, I had to uh, grow up fast. And so, yeah, I lost my mom and my, um, my buddy who we were doing music together, he was in a drive by where he was uh, sh shot. And so those two events, um, uh, forced me to go into like a depression and I left the music business and, uh, um, and for three years I was trying to find, you know, what's my purpose. And, um, 
you know, focusing on taking care of my sister and then eventually my grandmother and then my brother. Um, and then, um, you know, a few years into it, uh, I was working at a factory. I was a shipping and receiving supervisor and, um, one of the managers came up to me and she said, you know, you know, there is a purpose for you. I know this, um, um, you know, don't lose hope. And uh, then I started just refocusing and I said, you know what, I'm going to focus on my art and my comics. Wow. Man. So, I mean, like, is there, is there any desire to, like, do an autobiographical comic based on any of oh. that? Not at this point, you know, I mean, I'm just one in a million voices that go through things in life and, you know, and, you know, it, life, it's just about choices you make and the learnings that you walk away from um, and you take with you. And I think, you know, you know, life's dealt, I think deals everybody with a hand and, you know, you have to decide, am I going to go left or right? You know, am I going to um, crawl up and cry or am I going to stand up and fight? And um, so it's just choices and you learn from those mistakes when, without a mentor, without that guardian from the most, I think the most pivotal point in your life, because I think, you know, you're at, you're at home and you're just coming out of your teenagers, teenage years going into your young adulthood. And now you don't have that guidance. You have to learn on your own. And I think that in itself is the best um, form of education, not the most ideal, but um, it allowed me to um, become who I am today. Man, I, I feel kind of bad opening with that because, God, that that's powerful. Where do we go from here? Well, I guess since you know this is a comics podcast, we'll shift over to the comics. Um, I mean, were you a comics fan growing up? Um, yeah, I, I lost you for a second there. Oh, um, um, it's all right. Um. I got the last part of it. Yeah, so my mom introduced me to Archie Comics when I was a kid. She used to read Archie Comics. And uh, she was a big fan of um, the, the Digest books. And that's how it was my introduction to comics. And then my brother was an, uh, an aspiring illustrator. Um, and I remember visiting my brother. Because my brother was born with a, a defective liver. So he spent most of his childhood in a, in a hospital. And so I remember visiting him in the hospital. And he illustrated three monkeys in a barrel. And I was so impressed by number one, his spirit and, um, and his artistic ability. I said, I want to do what my brother's doing. And, um, those were the two, I think most pivotal moments. And then, um, I saw an episode, I was watching a series on television called too close for comfort. And the father was an illustrator of a comic strip called cosmic cow. That's when I connected the dots. And I looked at my mom, I said, Oh, he, that's his job. He makes, he takes care of his family doing this. I want to do that. And those were the things, the three influences that put me on the path towards wanting to be an illustrator. Cool. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry that you had to like go through that with your, your brother and all that, but man, that, that's probably one of the more original stories as far as like, Hey, anybody got started wanting to draw, start drawing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so how did you get your start in the comics business? Um, I created my own imprint, Crazy Comics. Um, I launched it 
in two in 2003 i was working on it behind the scenes and then 2005 i launched my first imprint which was cosmic wars and um um and uh, a title called rush by 377 which was created by a buddy of mine george medina he and i met at the school of visual arts at a continuing education class and um so i told them i said look i'm, I'm coming up with my own print imprint crazy comics uh, do you want to um come aboard and we did and uh, we debuted at the big apple comic con in 2005 um, um, and, uh, we were, uh, we were a draw at the event for four years in New York. Uh, we built a, ni a nice following in New York and, um, and then we did about 18 shows a year throughout the U S. Um, and then I walked away from comics for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you weren't like just completely putting it all on the shelf though i mean looking at your website here you've been pretty busy since you started picking it back up yeah in 2019 um you know because what happened was i was funding everything myself and i was working full-time and so basically it was it was not sustainable um and then a deal with uh, warner brothers fell through so um that and the fact that i was bleeding our personal income dry um and then some other um, things, uh, you know, I just, you know, my wife talked and it's like, I just, I had to walk away, reset, figure out, um, you know, what I want to do next in life. So the next 10 years I focused on my career in corporate retail and I did really well. And then once everything leveled off and our finances were back in order, um, and we had our home and everything, I looked at my wife and said, look, I, I, you know, I, I have to finish what I started. I, I, I don't want to sit on a porch, you know, you know, in the twilight of my years and, and say, what if, what, you know, what could have been? And she gave me the Adrian speech that she gives Rocky. She said, go for it. And, um, I said, all right. So, um, I met up with George. I said, Hey, I'm bringing back the podcast. Um, do you want to, you know, come in? And he says, yes. And I said, um, then I announced on Facebook that I was going to come back into comics and, um, Mark Torres who runs, it came from the radio, a radio show in Long Island. He, uh, contacted me. He says, Hey, do you want to make your announcement on my show? And I said, sure. And so I drove up to Long Island, went to the, to the radio station, and uh, that's, and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> oh, man. And you're not just a, a comics writer either. You've got a, a YA novel coming out? Or I'm did sorry? It come out you've got a young adult novel coming out? Or did that come yes. out last? Yeah, yeah. No, I have ARG, which is um, it's a prose uh, that I wrote that's coming out in the fall. Um but uh, right now, I'm working on uh, Disney in my toilet, which is currently I'm promoting right now, which is it's a, a reintroduction of Disney in my toilet because this was the, the this was the brand that um, um, Disney and Warner Brothers was in, in, interested in in back in 06, 07. Um, and uh, so while it had mild success and it was featured on the news uh, nationally and locally, um, uh, when I walked away, I stopped with everything. So I'm reintroducing it to a new world and uh, hopefully to, to finish what I started with uh, Disney in my toilet and with duty. Okay, well, I'm glad you shifted over there because you're much better at uh, segues than I am. <laughs> okay, so, you know, there's a Kickstarter out right now for There's an Alien in My Toilet. And I just, I got to share with the listeners the plot of this thing. <laughs> Straight from the Kickstarter, it says, There's an Alien in My Toilet is an all-ages sci-fi comedy series about this egocentric, 
thinks he knows it all alien on a fool's errand to determine if Earth is a threat to his homeworld, Uranus. <laughs> the real reason he was sent here is not that serious. General Goatee just needs a break. And so the story begins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because I'll be honest, when I first heard about this, you know, there's an alien in my toilet. Main character's name is Duty. And he's from Uranus. I thought, are we really stooping to that kind of humor? And then I thought to myself, of course we are. We love that kind of humor here. Yes, but uh, it isn't as scatological as people think. But um, yes, he is this larger-than-life alien who his father happens to be the emperor of Uranus, which is why he's spoiled and he believes that he's the smartest, most intelligent species in the universe. And uh, he thinks he's the only one capable of hand handling the secret mission. But it's really General Goatee has the burden of babysitting duty because his boss is duty's father. And so he sends duty to Earth because he doesn't think any harm will come from it. And uh, so Duty, in his arrogance and his haste, he boards his ship and en route to Earth, he realized, oh, I forgot to refuel. So he crash lands on Earth. <laughs> Rather than admitting his mistake, he chalks it up as um, part of his plan to distract Earth's defenses and um, um, fulfill his mission. And now he has to survive Earth's simple creatures from woodpeckers to wolves to bears, eventually getting into a house where... There's a father and son, and there's a chihuahua named Herman who believes that duty is a talking jalapeno. And then it just goes haywire from that point on. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my God. If you're not sold on a dog thinking an alien is a talking jalapeno, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else is going to sell you on this book. It, that That's hilarious to me. It absolutely is. But the art... I mean, the art's beautiful, too. I really love it. Thank you. Just looking at the covers, man. Thank and, you. And I really like the homage covers. You know, you've got, like, the 80s action hero. You've got the Matrix. And you've yeah. even got a little, like, uh, kitty cartoon alien freaking out that he's in the wrong place. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Um, um, you know, Duty is uh, the ultimate cosplayer. Right. So, you know, he he has a lot of different costumes. And the, the reason for that is in reality, he's always at uh, he always gets the short end of the stick and he's always um, um, defeated. But in his mind, when he goes in, when he falls asleep, when he's knocked out, you know, when he falls off a tree, hits his head. And now he conjures himself up as this, whether it's a cowboy or a samurai and the whoever he's doing battle with at the time, whether it's red ants or whatever it is, he makes them as his foe. So if he becomes a samurai, they're, they're, they're ninja and he defeats them in his dream state. But then when he wakes up now, it's a, it's just a survival. Um, he's on survival mode. Cool. Uh, kind of reminds me of like, uh, invader Zim. And, uh, there was an anime series called Sergeant frog, uh, you know, kind of similar ideas, aliens on earth. But yeah, you know, situations that they think they're totally in control of. And yeah, duty's never in control. And, um, um, you know, the, the, the Herman steals the show, um, which is the Chihuahua. Um, it, but you don't, you're not introduced to Herman until the second issue. Um, and this is a 10 part miniseries. Um, it ends with, um, with the issue 10 and the punchline for the titles in issue 10. After that, it goes on into, uh, into an ongoing series, just duty. 
Um, and from that point on, duty goes on uh, multiple adventures, returning back to Earth because intelligence says that Santa is the leader. And duty has to infiltrate Santa's camp and uh, take Santa out and uh, get past his defenses of the, the snowmen and the elves. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So it's, you're going to end with like this in, entire huge Christmas special, basically. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. man, that's going to be awesome. And Herman also has a one shot, which will be out next year, which is coming to America. And uh, basically, uh, the uh, the cover is actually uh, Herman sitting in the jacuzzi the way Scarface was sitting in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's basically how Herman ended up, you know, he was in the puppy mill and he was brought over from Mexico and how he ended up in the in the home being um, um adopted by the family that he's with and how they rescued him. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. And uh, your Kickstarter, you know, it's still going for a few days from this point, but it has reached its goal. So, I mean, that's that's a very good thing. Yeah, so it's nine days left. Um, there's an educational value to every book. Every book has four pages of word puzzles, trivia, um, uh, thought, critical thinking questions, a maze, um, so every issue has that, and uh, if you want the um, the the the, uh, the answers, you have to get this follow-up book. So all the answers <laughs> will be the second book, the next book. Um, yeah. So there's also a coloring book. There's also a guidebook to all the characters. There's a trading card. Um, the first volume of in the in a series of trading cards for the game, which will launch next year as well. Um, so there's a whole lot to offer. It's it. Duty is a full-fledged brand um, and uh, all-encompassing, but one of the biggest key elements that I'm trying to make you know, is introduce the young generation to comics where the family can have fun uh, and laugh together and then, you know, um, take on, you know, the activities as a group together. That's, that's really cool. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The world needs more family-friendly comics. Definitely. Yeah, that's how I was introduced to comics. My mom introduced me to Archie, and eventually, as I got older, I moved on to G.I. Joe and Sergeant Rock, then the X-Men. You know, it became an evolution, but uh, it was um, that art, that first introduction to Archie that inspired me, and I'm hoping to do the same thing with our next generation. Cool, cool. Okay, uh, to circle back, I'm, I'm not going to like put you on the spot and ask you to freestyle or anything <laughs> right now, but where can people find some samples of those dope beats oh uh, no that's no longer available if you had it and you owned it because uh, it was distributed um but if you have it you own it you're the lucky ones but um when i left music i forgot what year i left i walked away um um that ended whatever was in circulation was it um so there was an ep um uh, which was called um oh my god there was a song Sounds of the Underground and Let's Go. It was called Poetry in Motion. So if you have that um, record or if you have the this double-sided um, um, album, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh, promoted any of that stuff since I left music. Man, collector's item, folks. Yeah. Start digging. I'm sure there's <laughs> copies out there. And uh, you've got a podcast too, is that right? Yes, in 2005... Um, I went to a podcast, and that's when podcast podcasting was being introduced to the market. Um, it was really used for cooking shows, and so I went to a podcast. It was, and uh, I asked a lot of questions because the two podcasters for comics that just launched were 
Comic Geek Speak and I fanboy, but they focused on the big two. There was nothing for the little guys. So I said, who better than me to support the little guys and represent them? And so I started Cast the Craze podcast. And um, the moment I announced that we were doing it, um, we got flooded with independents that wanted to promote their stuff. And we've had everybody um, from the Dable brothers to Michael Loming, um, you know, we've had Neil Adams. We had so many people coming on our show. And um, what, unfortunately, when I walked away from comics, I walked away from podcasting as well for 10 years. So um, when in 2019, I, I bought it back and now we're about to celebrate episode 400. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I hadn't even, we're not even up to the triple digits here. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is just a baby show compared to yours. Well, we run five days a week. Um, oh, sheesh. Yeah. So we, uh, Mondays, we have a show called The Crazy 10 LS, which is just me um, taking a subject that uh, the, um, the, the audience lift in a chat and said, hey, you know, can you talk about this? And I do it in 10 minutes or under. On Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we are live with um, independents who are promoting their crowdfunding campaigns. On Thursday mornings at 9 a.m., we have the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew, where we talk about, um, we deep dive into what I started on the 10 Minutes or Less show. Um, so if we're talking about licensing, we, we deep dive into it. We talk about contracts, we deep dive into it. And then on Fridays, every Friday is just an interview with an independent creator um, that airs, and those are pre-recorded. The Friday shows are pre-recorded. You, you stay busy, sir. I don't know how you have time to draw a comic with all that. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of juggling. Okay, so, um, I mean, you've been making the rounds, doing all the different shows with, you know, promoting duty and, and all this stuff. Uh, you've probably, you know, answered about all the questions that you thought you could. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get surprised by questions, but yes, uh, there's been a lot of questions. Well, see, on this show, we have a, a, a few set questions, you know, for first-time guests. And uh, they, they seem to have become some listener favorites. So we're going to roll right into those and uh, just see where we go with that. Sure. So here on the Coffee and Comics podcast, you know, we're, we're big fans of coffee. But we definitely support beverage of choice. So what do you call your beverage of choice? Coffee. <laughs> that's what i'm drinking right now this is my second cup today <laughs> see oh this is the easy questions folks. okay so question number two betty or veronica Ooh. since you're you know a well-educated archie man here i'd be veronica Any particular reasons? Um, she was my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to support mom. Uh, <laughs> That's probably the best reason I've heard. Though, yes. So. Whatever mom says goes. Mm. Okay. So, what's your preference between the Wolfman Perez Titans or Claremont Byrne X-Men? <sighs> it would be Claremont Byrne X-Men. Um, I wasn't a big Titans fan. I was, uh, that definitely was the next band. I was introduced to X-Men, um, during my transition from G.I. Joe and Sergeant Rock. And, uh, and the, and I was just hooked to the X titles. That seems to be the case. You know, you were either one or the other. 
Yeah. It was, uh, I became a, a Marvel buff. Um, and uh, I, I, I mean, it was rare. I, outside of um, maybe a, a couple of Superman issues, like when Alex Ross did Kingdom Come, um, you know, there was specific artists. I'm a big fan of the art. And so it was specific artists that drove me to specific titles. But unless it was just G.I. Joe, I just love G.I. Joe comic books. So, um, um, but outside of that, if the artist didn't appeal to me, um, I probably didn't pick up the book. Okay. So I, I can probably guess the answer to this one, but <laughs> uh, which comic book character or series is most in need of an animated or live action adaptation? All right. So, no. Yeah. Um, you're not going to know this answer. It would be Sam and Twitch from Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love those two characters. I think they're the most underrated characters in the Spawn series. They should have their own animated series. Um, they were just fan I love them in the HBO animated version of Spawn. I just think that's just that's, that's untapped potential. They can be just as big as, I mean, if you think about, was it um, Seven? You take seven and you take, um, you know, Law and Order. You put those two together and you got Sam and Twitch with some supernatural stuff and it'd be awesome. Oh, dude, I love, I love this pitch. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> okay, so villain most in need of decaf. Villain most in need of decaf. It would be the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, who is the best super pet? Super pet? Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, I, didn't even, I never even thought about that. Uh, the best super pet. Uh, I don't know if it's super or, you know, because it's more fantasy based, but I like Snarf from okay. He Man. <laughs> yeah. I'll allow Snarf. That works. <laughs> All right, so here comes the real tough one. Oh. Can Mighty Mouse beat up the George Reeves Superman? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mighty Mouse, but yeah, you know, isn't that? I don't think there's many things outside of Kryptonite that can beat Superman. So, and you know, and Mighty Mouse is so small. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just I don't see it possible. All right, and the last one of this little quiz. Would you prefer a lifetime of cheap comics, but Dr. Doom has a grudge against you, or comics are highly expensive, but Dr. Doom owes you a favor? A lifetime of cheap comics because I like living on the edge. Maybe <laughs> on <Dr>. Doom. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Living on the edge. Dr. Doom's got a grudge against you, but yeah, you're a thrill seeker. Yeah, man. It ain't fun if the, you don't have a little drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Oh. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up what I've got for you, Samuel. Uh, remind people where they can find you online and where they can find that Kickstarter. Yes, basically, um, my website is icreatestories.com or crazycomics.com. Either one goes to the same destination. and um, But you can find me on any social media platform at Catch the Craze. That's with a D-A, not a T-H-E, so it's Catch the Craze. 
Um, and uh, there's nailing in my toilet is on Kickstarter. It, it ends March 8th at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, again, this is fun all ages comedy series, um, reminiscent of Martian, the, Marvin the Martian, uh, Wally Coyote. It's fun. Um, and there's also an educational value to it. Um, so take a chance on this series. Um, great way for the family to come together and introduce the next generation to comics. And I'll, I'll reiterate, folks, this thing looks absolutely hilarious. And it's, I don't think you could go wrong. So definitely, definitely check it out. Toss your money toward it. Help make more of this. Thank you. Yep, Samuel, thank you for joining me. And seriously, best of luck to you. And I hope everything succeeds for you, man. Hey, Mike, have you heard about my new podcast? Oh, what's that? Oh, it's where you talk to people on your computer and then put it out on the internet. Yeah, yes, I know what a podcast is, Paul, but, but what's the show you're doing? Yeah, I'm going to talk to people on my computer and then put it out on the internet. And, and uh, what's this called? Uh, since it's a chat show and I really want to talk to interesting people about interesting things, I thought I'd call it something that was you know, self-explanatory, like Dial F for Flanger. Right. Dial F for Flanger. Cool. Uh, I look forward to my guest spot. When are you going to have me on? Uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, I'll get back. Wow. Well, if you'd like to hear Paul chatting away on this Dial F for Flanger show, you can find it on the Waiting for Doom Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is the feedback portion of the episode. And somehow this is the, well, I somehow nothing. I know real life got in the way, folks. Um, yeah, lots of stuff happened since, uh, the holidays, so, short version, it, it, this is the first time I'm getting back to podcasting in a couple months, but, anyway, we are going to share all the feedback, likes, shares, retweets, all the fun stuff I got on the last four episodes, because the last four episodes were the Holiday Spectacular where I had multiple guests covering multiple stories over multiple episodes. Let's see how many multiple times I can say multiple. Alrighty, so those last episodes got likes, shares, retweets, all the fun stuff from Martin Gray, Gene Hendricks, Alan Middleton, Pat Sampson, Chris Stados, Jonathan Schaefer-Hames, Gregory Litchfield, Devlin, ah, excuse me, Delvin Williams, Rob Myers, Maggie Schaefer-Hames, Jackson Zelda, New Warriors Talk, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Secret Wars and Beyond, Tim Price, Paul Hicks, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Ho Ho Ho, Mary Wafflemus, Gabby at Sniper's Jane, Laurel, Fabio Garibello, God, I butchered that, I'm sorry, Billy D. Licious, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Professor Frenzy, at Laredo Art 2018, I assume that's 2018, uh, Thomas Williams, Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Chris Lydon, Fernando Tuno, Gar, <clears throat> excuse me, Garth Harksness McMurray, Charlton Hero, Radioactive Dinosaur, Ed Moore, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, Walt Neeland, 
Tom Gerg of GoForthAndGame.com, X-Men 90s covers, Rick Wright, Jeremiah Simpson, Firestorm fan, Rick Heineken, Al Sedano, William Smith, Akila Talamaska, Paul Tubb, C. Reese, Deer Watchers, Multiversal and What If podcast, Daily Doom Patrol Haiku, Between the Pages blog, Edwin Acevedo, Comics in the Golden Age, Chris A. Field, Otherverse Games, Daniel Doherty, Lee Busby, Fritz Frankenstein, Brett Nikafaruk, Raw Makes Comics, with an X, Dana Saravia, Kyle Benning, Angel M. Morales, Ian Bruno, David Jackson, Paul Williams, Nozario Galdamez, Luke Dobb, Bodachola, Dynamic Collector, Anthony Kuchar, Cash Flag, Mary Zach Sally, Chris underscore Oogway, and Wayrad Steve. Whew, that is a lot of names. But that's not all. We got feedback, folks. Our good friend Sean Ross said, Some of my favorite people on one of my favorite podcasts. Listen in. Rick's Rambles, which is another podcast you should really check out, says, Really fun listen. Well, thanks, Rick. Chris at BTOM Batbooks said, Awesome episode. Kudos to everyone. Married with comics or married watching cartoons. Anyway, Jonathan Schaefer Hames decided to say, I feel like I can now admit that I didn't realize it was written by Larry Hama until we started recording. <laughs> well, you know, John. <laughs> the, you know, that reading, yeah. Thomas Williams left us a, a, a comment in German. Which, thanks to the power of Google Translate, says, I get nostalgic at the sight of it. Well, yeah, I, I felt the same way, Thomas. That's kind of why we had to cover it. <laughs> Would it be Thomas or Tomas? Or th I'm, I'm sorry. Correct me if I'm saying your name wrong. Uh, Alan Middleton says, Santa Punisher is the best Punisher. You think you're kind of biased there, Alan. Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, our good friend Rick Heineken, says, I can and do eat nothing but popcorn. Wow, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again to realize what we said about you, Rick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris from... Huh. Professor Frenzy chimed in again, says, Awesome guest, awesome conversation, awesome show. Warlock Thanos Podcast says, And now today I'm back on brand. Hint, look at the back cover to guess whose story I'm talking about. Ah, that's right. Al got to talk Thanos. Ha ha ha. Sean Ross chimed in again and said, Hanukkah may be over for us. 
But for Doc Samson, it's just beginning. Coffee Comics Blog, which is me, you know, back when I had the blog. Anyway, uh, is kind enough to let me join him to talk about a fun Hanukkah story. Listen in and uh, ask Sean to do the, the correct pronunciation of Hanukkah. He can really get the <laughs> in there. Weird Warriors Podcast, a.k.a. Max Reads Comics, says, Put on your yarmulke. It's time for Hanukkah with Coffee and Comics and Sean Ross. Rick Heineken chimed back in to say, I have to say, we had way too much fun recording this. And Rick, you are very right. We did. And by golly, we will again because you and I are not done recording together because we're both going to be podcasting until we're old and senile. So probably some recording about this again in another 30 years. Unpacking the power of Power Pack, specifically the Jeff half, chimed in to say it would take more than a poppy seed muffin for me to betray Rick. Not much more, but that's where we are at. Um, two poppy seed muffins, Jeff? Hmm? Hmm? I can maybe even go up to three. Mal at Malcontent79 said... Five new warriors, three Avengers, one X-Men, Spidey, Ghost Rider, and Punisher. Yep, that's early 90s in a nutshell. Very true, Mal. It's also the beginnings of a you know, a hokey rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas. Alright, folks, buckle up because Jason Zeller wrote us an email and... Uh, he made sure to wait until we had all four parts in, so he is definitely going to say some things, and I am definitely going to read them because I enjoy hearing from Jason. And I dropped the, yeah, dropped my emails there. He says, Hi, Clinton. I have been enjoying the 1992 Marvel Holiday Special. First of all, the cover is amazing. I remember as a kid, I never realized it was a wraparound cover. The front cover is awesome as all the characters are jumping out or flying out to get someone. Santa was definitely not happy carrying that load. This was probably my heyday in comics, especially Marvel comics. These versions of the characters are the ones that I'm most familiar with. Yeah, me too, Jason. I think Wolverine definitely survived a close encounter with that kid and was very fortunate to be left behind. Otherwise, he would have been like Woody and the other poor toys from Toy Story 1 who were terrorized by Sid. The ending scene was nice in that the Wolverine toy may have been alive with the snicked. I also enjoyed seeing the X-Men toys flanked by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the left and the G.I. Joe toys on the right. Thanks, Larry Hama, for that Easter egg. Seeing the various pinups scattered throughout the comic were great. My favorite one was the Hulk and the Fantastic Four pinups. Yeah, we didn't discuss the pinups at all because, you know, we had each person looking at each story, but you're very right, Jason. Those are great pinups in this book. He continues saying, I love seeing the new warriors just hanging out for the holidays. 
I miss seeing these little character moments in comics. The Spider-Man story was definitely a throwback. It felt like a 70s story or even earlier writing style that was reworked to be in the early 90s. I laughed out loud when you got, with you guys with the electro demand for one million dollars in the voice Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Yeah, I, I can't really do it as well. Pat does it so much better. This also makes me think that it was written much earlier. Yeah, I gotta agree, Jason. Wouldn't he have wanted at least $50 million in the 1990s? The Spider-Man jokes and the one-liners definitely had me cracking up as well. This was a fun classic type of Spider-Man story here. Seeing the Punisher not use physical violence or guns on the criminals for a change was an interesting take. As always, he found a way around it and still dealt out some pain. I wonder if they ever used this tactic again. Or if it was just one for you know one I can't read. One for the holidays. I, I'm curious kind of myself, uh, any Punisher, you know, huge fans gonna weigh in. Doc Samson getting rattled by those children was great to see. I like how he started out all calm and collected and slowly became more nervous, sweaty, and so worked up until finally he just gave up and told them exactly what they wanted to hear, much to the chagrin of his old teacher. My favorite part was the Human Torch panels of him hiding and keeping the flame going or hiding and starting the burning bush. <laughs> oh, Jason, I'm laughing just thinking about it. Those are wonderful. Yule Memory was a fun look at an emotional side of Thanos that had him, had him wavering for a while. Even though he pretended to not care, you could tell that it still moved him all these years later, especially as he destroyed his keyboard at the end. Holiday on Ice was nice, with a small-time criminal getting a second chance. It would have been nice for him to practice a bit in the blizzard suit before going straight into battle, though, as it was not much of a fight. I also liked how they showed his emotions with the sad eyes and face on the mask as he asked Iron Man, You'd help me after this on the last page of the story. I felt like they have done this well over the years by showing emotion of the mask characters, whether it be anger, sadness, surprise, etc. The Daredevil story confused me initially as I thought someone had taken over Daredevil's body, talking about how he was moving and what he was feeling. Then I realized it was from the toy lamb's fresh perspective and joy of a child. It was nice to be on that journey with Daredevil as he made his daily rounds, really getting to know the character without him having to speak or having inner dialogue of his own. I truly enjoyed this romp down Marvel Comics memory lane. I liked seeing characters out of their normal stories and the holiday themes mixed in there. Thanks for doing this, and I look forward to having more coffee and comics in 2022. Well, Jason, I am glad you wrote in. I appreciate all the fun words, all the kind words. I'm glad you had fun listening to it, because we had fun recording it. And there will definitely be more coffee and comics in 2022. Especially coming up 
you know, at the end of the year, toward the holidays, because I'm planning on doing something similar again. I just have to make sure and get my act together and all that. So that pretty much wraps it up for the feedback. If I missed anybody, said anybody's name wrong, any of that, please let me know. Uh, usual contacts for the show, find me on Twitter, email directly, all that fun stuff. Uh, thanks once again to Samuel Vera for joining me to talk about There's an Alien in My Toilet. I look forward to seeing where his uh, career goes. I was going to say looking forward to see where duty goes, but uh, I put my foot in it there, didn't I? So, until next time, this is the show where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg.